Welcome to Awakening Genius. This is a podcast and community dedicated to your inspiration and your elevation so that you can live fully creatively expressed. I'm your guide, Dijon. Thanks for being here. Stay tuned in to get lifted. Yo, family, before we get into today's episode, I just wanted to share something very exciting, and it's that we are opening up a community and a space for transformation through the practice of poetry on awakeninggenius.club. We've already run it one time where we had people come together and write daily poetry as a practice of connecting with self and taking that self-connection and transmuting it into art. And now we're going to come back together to do it again. And at the end of it, if you feel called, you will have the opportunity to work with an editor and contribute to an anthology of all the poets in the group. So if you're feeling called to join that, go to awakeninggenius.club. And remember, the point of this whole podcast is self-realization through creative expression. And this is one way we can come together to be seen, to share to connect, to create, and to grow. All right, let's get into the episode. What's up, Awakening Genius fam? I'm here with Oath Oracle, an intuitive astrologer and mystic business strategist. Thank you for being here, Oath. Thank you so much for inviting me to be on this podcast, Dijon. It's my honor to be here. Amazing. I came across one of her posts on Instagram and I could just feel the depth of it. Certain posts have a weight and some feel really light and hers felt really like deep and grounded in the wisdom she was sharing. And it was a very unique aesthetic. So I was intrigued. Then I went to her page and I was like, oh, she's got a whole vibe going on over here and there's a lot of astrological information but i definitely felt compelled to dive in and engage it's always a pleasure to experience the way you express thank you so much that means so much to me (laughs) definitely try to just bring the purity of what's trying to come through and i really try and have a magical and mystical relationship with social media that's based when integrity and authenticity so i love that what you're about is awakening genius because I feel that it's connected. Wonderful. Yeah. So this is all about helping people self-actualize and there's as many paths to self-actualization as there are beings, but I'm feeling that you're a pretty realized being and I would love to hear how you came into this level of self-knowledge through astrology. Thank you. So I love that you see that in me because it has been quite a journey and I definitely was not always this person. I wasn't always someone very grounded in myself and able to just spit what is real from within me because I started from the bottom now we here situation. <laughs> so I had a pretty challenging upbringing for a lot of different reasons and when I was 15 years old it's actually about a year after I discovered astrology when I was 14. So before that time, before that discovery of astrology in my life, I just felt extremely disconnected, extremely disconnected from myself, from my body, from everyone around me, from my family, from 
anyone I met at school. And I had this pattern of being uprooted again and again. So a lot of moving. I felt very rootless. I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this. Anyone who is a creative or intuitive or even just a very intelligent person, we have very well-formed pathways to the upper chakras because we in imagination, thinking about things, reading things, the upper chakra, higher mind area. So I was very much living up there and not at all in my body or anchored in the physical whatsoever. So when I was 14 and I discovered astrology, I still remember the first thing that I found on the internet and how it felt like I just got punched in the stomach in the best possible way because of how I was being seen by this article that didn't even know who I was. And it was a very life-changing moment, that kind of moment, that quality of feeling, you just never forget it. It's almost like love at first sight situation. So this article, when I was 14, I was like, whoa, I'm seen. And it made me almost orient into being a person. <laughs> like, oh, I'm here, I'm seen by this article written by someone who I don't even know their name. And then a year later, I left school and I left home and I went on long journey of physical traveling as well as emotional traveling, lots of ups and downs, dealt with addiction in different forms at different times, and really had a long extended breaking down that was happening of structures from childhood that we build when we are without guidance and try to survive and make the best of things. And so they're all throughout that time, I cannot imagine not having astrology there to give me the insight on myself to understand my actual nature and what was me and what was not me and what was part of my destined path. And that really was very important for me because before that, it felt very much why me? Why is this happening to me? Why do I deserve this? Why do I see other people that have these perfect, which of course, they, no one's life is perfect, but me as a child, everyone else just so perfect and happy and they have everything. And understanding astrology helped me understand how that was actually a part of my destined path, that it wasn't some mistake or some punishment. So I would say that's definitely the beginning of the story and the way that it really helped me get to a place where I'm now able to offer it as my purpose work to other people in helping them identify their purpose and transforming past trauma into abundant purpose with spiritual business. That's so inspiring. Transforming past trauma into abundance and spiritual purpose. I think that's what we're all searching for. It feels like that's the antidote to everyone's issues right now. I feel that way. To some degree, it's definitely the antidote. Yeah. As you were deepening into astrology and feeling seen in this way, did you have mentors or guidance or were you just self-study or what? Definitely self-taught for the past 17 years. And it wasn't until just the past few years that I started to take courses because I was never studying it with an end goal of ever thinking that I would be a professional astrologer. Not in a million years. I was just still in survival mode for so much of my life. And I didn't know what I was capable of or what was possible for me. So it was really just simply self-understanding. It was really simply times where I was so emotionally burning alive inside and then just needing clarity. And it was just always there for me to sit down and just study for hours and hours and hours and hours. 
through the internet and books I would find in secondhand stores, but there are definitely influences along the way of the journey. So one reason I call myself an intuitive astrologer is because I've studied different schools of astrology. So I've studied Hellenistic ancient astrology. I've studied evolutionary astrology, esoteric astrology. I've dipped my toes into Mayan astrology, into Chinese astrology, and it's all has truth. Every single school has truth. And what I offer is the truths that have resonated with me enough to just be permanently part of me. This is absorbed. What's not absorbed, I'm not worried about. So self-taught, but there's definitely been influences along the way. I honor your way of taking all that in and synthesizing stuff. I remember walking on my college campus and being engaged with what I was learning. I was a filmmaking major and philosophy minor. And I was like, it's cool to hear all these perspectives, but I'm looking forward to when I have my own perspective and when I can decide what I feel like is true. And I recognize that even as a 21 year old. So hearing you say that you've taken everything and then synthesize it based on what's personally resonant is inspiring. And I also think that that's a superpower, especially with the state of the world, because there used to be an issue of access and now we have access to everything. And there's multiple truths. It just depends on where you're viewing something from and what your perspective is. So the ability to tune in and say, this is what's true for me. And this is how I'm going to move forward is essential. Yeah, totally. And in a way, it's not even a conscious decision. So this is something that I'm really grateful for my path where for a long time, I felt very not grateful for my path, very why me and very what did I do to deserve this? But the thing is, if I learned astrology from the inside out, from really just being <laughs> deeply depressed, <laughs> struggling with hardcore anxiety, feeling my relationships were always falling apart because of this unresolved trauma that was coming out in romantic relationships, friend relationships, like it just felt nothing ever worked. And then what I had was just going home and reading about astrology and understanding and, and having these light bulb moments like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And it really was this evolutionary tool that I never even, so for over 10 years, I never even shared my interest in astrology with people. If it came up and naturally in a conversation, I would get excited and ask that person's sign, but I wasn't sharing. I didn't see it as a gift that I was sharing. It was a very personal relationship that was just about me healing. Mm -hmm. And it was just about me being okay and making sense of the crazy world. So it's almost it incubated this gift. So I used to have a lot of envy for people that could go to college and university and there, especially if they were supported by their family, for example, these were like the things that I was like, oh, I'm just so unlucky because I would love to go study philosophy, but I can't. And feeling very, and especially as I got to my late 20s, being, oh, it's too late for me to do anything. And that was totally been part of my lesson is that it's really never too late. And that special incubation I had with astrology is now such a gift to me because I'm always hearing from people again and again and again, that the way that I read and express is different than anyone else. And I hear mm -hmm. from people, whether it's their first reading or whether it's their 10th reading, that again and again and again and again hear the feedback that they've just never been seen so deeply. And it's because my experience with it was inside out, not outside in, not like mm. here's information I need to, I never had a pressure of I need to memorize this because I was never studying for an end goal. It was just literally the pure joy of exploring myself and understanding myself when I was basically knotted up in a lot of trauma and it was helping me to understand that. So that's now, yeah, it's a, given me a unique perspective that I'm now so grateful for all of those, all of the nuanced up and down path. 
I love that. It's an important thing that I'm hearing about focusing on your own healing and self-expression and alignment without attachment to where it's taking you, just being present and allowing that to gestate until it's ready to be expressed in its own timeline. Yeah, totally. I just got a weird metaphor for it of when you're friends with someone and then this didn't even happen to me in real life, but the story of I'm friends with someone for a long time and then I realized they're the one, that's what it was with astrology. It was just always there for me. I never thought about, there was just never any kind of goal. It wasn't goal oriented whatsoever. And it really just fully developed because I studied it for 17 years before, maybe 15 years before taking my first paid clients. Yeah. And I also think that just going back to the things that resonate, being able to be absorbed, I think that our purpose does have an element of ease to it. I think my ability to soak in the information about astrology was actually an indication that that was my purpose. I think with all of our purpose, there is some element of ease. It's not that it's easy, but that there is some element of ease with our relationship with our purpose. Yeah. I'm very curious to experience your particular brand of astrology. And I know you just took my birth chart. So if you're willing to share with us your vibe, I would love to experience Yes, that. let's get into it. And yeah, I just got your birth info right now. Yay. So yeah, this is my first time looking at your chart. So we're just going to dig in. And the lens that I'm looking at it through is a lens of purpose, work, and awakening genius, actually. <laughs> so Great. you probably know your sun is in Aries. It's also conjunct to your Mercury. So Aries is a sign of the sacred warrior archetype. It's a very fast moving sign. It's a sign that is connected with courage, boldness, and our life force impulse. So two things that I see right away is that you have your sun and Mercury in Aries, and then you also have planets in the first house. And the first house has a permanent association with Aries. So you might recall that when you read your horoscope, Aries is number one, right? Aries is always number one. So Aries is associated with the first house. So this lifetime, developing your sense of self and your identity is a really big part of why you're here. Following your life force impulse is a really big part of why you're here. Now, having your Mercury conjunct your sun in Aries in this warrior archetype, Mercury is talking about our perception, our mindset, the way that we learn and the way that we communicate with other people. So there's a lot of speed. There's a lot of quickness. There's a lot of fight. And by fight, like gumption or scrappiness, probably being seen by others as someone who is a fighter. People could see you and your path and think this person fought to get there in a positive way or in a hustle way, in a noble way, in a warrior way. Now you have your sun and your Mercury in a house of daily routine. This isn't the most glamorous house, but it's a house that's so necessary for us to have lives, to have some structure and some foundation in our lives. So for you, your self-care is actually extremely important to express yourself and to really express that warrior. So having certain routines and certain flows within your day and even rituals is a really great way to nurture your sun. So the way that I work with astrology is that all of these planets and placements are archetypes and parts of our universe. And when all of them are expressed to their highest potential and function, we have awakened our genius. We are living in flow and the placements and energies and aspects tell us what kind of diet it needs almost, or what are the conditions that these different archetypes need to fully function at their highest potential. 
So our sun is our personality. It's our ego. It's us. It's how we know ourselves. So this is saying you need a very supportive and nurturing daily routine and structure within your life in order to really be shining as this warrior to the highest potential. And same with communication. So your mind is probably often on how can I do things better? How can I make things better? How can I improve this? Because that's what this house in astrology is about. It's about constant improvements and making things better and refining. You do want to be aware of perfectionist tendencies and ruminating thoughts because it's that the shadow side of that is perfectionism, but the superpower is you can always find ways to make things better. But sometimes it's, we just need to chill and celebrate how far we've come. So that would be one of my suggestions to you is celebrating because you might have a tendency to move the goalpost forward again and again, where it's, oh, I got to the goal. I'm just going to move the goalpost forward and keep moving forward. So you do want to make sure that you are stopping to rest and celebrate. And then I also see, so you are a sun in Aries, your Mercury is in Aries as well, but you're actually a Libra rising. So Libra is the opposite sign of Aries. So you have a bit of a yin yang situation going on in your chart because you are this warrior, but Libra, which is your rising sign is the archetype of the lover and the artist. So Libra is a Venus ruled sign. Aries is a Mars ruled sign. So that means these archetypal energies of divine masculine and feminine are a really big part of you because the rising sign and the sun are very important in how we are, but also how people experience us. So as a Libra rising, you're actually here to bring beauty into the world. You're here to move through this world, almost emanating an energy of beauty. So the rising sign has to do with our appearance, the first impression people get from us before that they've met us, as well as our role that we've chosen as a physical incarnation, because the rising sign talks about the energy which is emanating from us. Just It's just simply emanating from us. We don't try to be this way. And so that's why it is how other people perceive us. So people actually perceive you as someone very gentle, as someone very affectionate, as someone who cares about beauty and almost like you're adding a finishing beautifying touch to projects that you're working on and moving through life actually as an emissary of peace because Libra is a sign of the scales, balance, peace, harmony. So it's interesting to have the warrior archetype, but it's like a warrior for peace or a warrior of peace. So that's uh, really beautiful. You also have your moon conjunct to Pluto in your first house. So this is a sign of great psychic powers, actually. So the moon conjunct to Pluto is talking about very sharp psychic gifts. You're probably a human lie detector. You probably are someone that I don't want to ever lie to because I think you're scanning and you can really pick up on very subtle energies. Could have intense dreams. So your dreams might actually be a place where you learn a lot of lessons and resolve a lot of your karma. You look like you want to say something. No, it's just all of this feels very true. So I'm impressed. There's, I can literally keep going for five hours. So I'll just say a few more things about these placements in the first house. So the first house is that house associated with Aries energy. So it really is about following that life force impulse. And then these psychic placements are in the first house. So it's, you can really trust your body. You can really trust your impulses of the body of this is the gut instinct is something that you can really trust. And even though it may come because the moon, which you have in Libra, you have it in the first house. So it talks about what we need for emotional safety. And it talks about our emotional framework and it talks about our intuitive and psychic gifts. So it's a very unconscious part of ourselves, but so important because it's our emotions. 
So having it in Libra means you actually have an emotional need for peace, love, and beauty around you. And having it in the first house means you have an emotional need for courage, risk, and boldness. So you're really intertwining. There's a lot of polarity that's going on within your chart in a very beautiful way. And what I can see is that you also have the North Node. So the North Node is part of an axis called the North and South Nodes. And they talk about past life karma and future destiny. So they talk about what are themes that have been thoroughly explored in past lives and what is that energy wanting to be transformed into for your highest expression in this life. So it's always opposites. So we always have a South node that says we've thoroughly explored and even mastered these themes, the South node themes, which I will explain in a moment in past lives. And so we have certain resources and gifts from those past lives, but it's also our comfort zone. So it doesn't bring us true soul level fulfillment. And then the exact opposite of that, so our spirit's always wanting us to grow in the opposite direction and bringing balance back to the polarity. So that's the North node in the opposite side. So that actually talks about who you came here to become. So you don't start out as this person, but through transforming the past life experiences, you become this person. So it's a, this process of lifelong becoming. What I can see is that in the past, you have been someone who was a community leader. You've been someone who was an entrepreneur or someone who was an authority in what they do. Career was very important. Networking was very important. And in this lifetime, you're actually here to develop a slightly different energy. So you're here to develop nurturing energy. So your North Node is in Cancer, which is the sign of the Divine Mother. Maybe in a past life, you chose career over family. And in this lifetime, you're actually here to develop that nurturer. So in a past life, it was material security that was a bigger part of your life. And in this lifetime, you're here to learn about emotional security, creating that sanctuary deep within home, focusing on home, whether that's working from home, creating a home, having a family, having close emotional connections, because it looks like in a past life, there was a lot of focus on career. And you could have found a lot of success and in a past life that could have been your destiny. But it's just that energy needs to be transformed now because cycles are always occurring. And it's also talking about being a teacher. So whether you are an actual teacher, so this is actually the house of both the student and the teacher. So first of all, being a lifelong learner, always learning, always expanding your mind, expanding your knowledge of other cultures, expanding your knowledge of other languages, exotic lands. So this past life is talking about local community. And media, as in the news, the daily newspaper, whereas this lifetime here, you're here to learn about far more expanded view of the world, of other cultures, of even religion, philosophy, and being a teacher. So it's both the student and the teacher. So whether you are someone who literally teaches others, you are here to actually develop this teacher archetype. So even if that wasn't literally your job, you're actually here to step into the space of wisdom. This space of almost like Osho, like, I don't want to say the word guru, but it is this sage, wise kind of energy where even if you aren't literally teaching a class, people see you as a teacher. And there's also this emotional connection because of it being the sign of cancer. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that all resonates on a lot of levels. A lot of the things that I've, some of the things I've heard before, some of the things that I've been studying from other systems that resonate. In human design, I was learning about my design type and I'm a 4-1 generator, which I think is a very rare type of generator, but the generator's ethos is that they only do things when their body is activated. If they feel whole in their body, then 
that's how they know something is for them and they shouldn't act until they feel that tangible pull, which is something you echoed. And I was also have been doing this Kundalini intensive and we just did their numerology. And in that numerology, it said my life path was to be a teacher. So there are other things that feel very resonant, but everything you said felt very resonant. So I definitely am giving you props for knowing your shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so fun. And I could go on. My readings are between 90 and 120 minutes. So it's really just an endless well of insight about ourselves. And the beauty of understanding or having a relationship with our astrology is that this is you. This is your higher self. This image is a way to, for me, to communicate with your higher self. And I'm just translating messages how I'm reading them. So it, even if it's a static image, I still look at my own chart all the time. And it still gives me endless insights. And for people that are, we have businesses or content creators or something, it's like our chart is a storehouse or bottomless well of insights that are aligned with us. Mm. It's our truth. So we all know that being ourselves is the best choice and being authentic is very magnetic in business, in content, in art, that it has to be real, right? But there's a lot of noise around as well. So that's what I'm grateful for with astrology is being able to really clarify and help us, even though astrology is very spiritual, or energetic and not very mainstream in these days, back in the day, by the way, astrologers were the intellectual elite and they worked for the Kings and all this stuff. But right now it's not, doesn't have that same level of uh, credibility to a lot of people in the mainstream, but at the same time, it's very masculine. It's very logical. It's this is this, and it helps us to understand and gain more appreciation for different aspects of ourselves. That's interesting that you described it as being very masculine, because when I think of an astrologer, I think of someone like you, or I have another friend, her name is Christina Bukrevsky, and she's also an astrologer. And I guess if I were to think of an astrologer in my mind, it would be a woman talking about the stars and the planets and all that. So yeah. Yeah. The very woo woo. No, there's, there's symbols, there's numbers, there's lines, <laughs> there's math, there's geometry. So I do find it quite masculine. It's a way of just understanding the universe through archetypes and categories. And I think that's really helpful. Mm. Yeah, I think it's very interesting. And I'm curious, one, I'm curious about your chart, because now I'm just want to know about it. But also, are you able to find who you will be resonant with relationally based on charts? Because I've noticed a lot of my partners have been Libras and people that I get along with really well are oftentimes Libra. And I see I have all this Libra energy. Yeah. So having your moon in Libra is uh, really indicative of what you need emotionally to feel safe. So other people that also express this Libra energy of desiring peace and caring about peace and caring about, okay, there's a problem. Let's talk about it. How can we find a solution? That's very Libra because Libra loves collaboration. For example, Libra loves sharing experiences with other people. So Libra is a sign of partnership. And when you have other Libras in your life, then they get it. They get keeping each other informed. They get having conversations about things. They get compromise. If anything, the biggest trouble would be that it's two people that don't know what they want sometimes. So it's all, let's do what you want to do. No, let's do what you want to do. <laughs> what do you want to eat? So that's, yeah, there's a lot in common when someone has the sun sign of your moon sign. So mm. for example, my moon sign is Pisces and my partner is a Pisces sun. So his personality is outwardly expressing the way that I am within myself. 
And sometimes other people don't know our moon sign. Sometimes our moon sign is something that's very private to us. So for example, if you're at Aries energy, it's very fiery and this warrior energy, but then inside it's like this heart of an artist, heart of a poet thing that's happening here. So when someone's outward personality is like, oh, this person cares about peace and beauty. This person wants to enjoy good times with other people and they want to, they care about the people around them. And that's someone who will make you feel safe. And then you can also look at the house placement. So if someone has their son in Libra, their son overlaying your chart, it will either be in your first house, which means that you guys can energize each other and you're actually expressing how they feel as well with your energy because you're a Libra rising. So you're emanating that broadcast of Libra energy, which is Venus energy. So people with Venus suns, they feel the sense of familiarity with that energy because you're broadcasting their energy. So they're like, okay, cool. It's very natural to come together or their son could be in your 12th house, which is a very deep spiritual, emotional and psychic house. So if some of your Libra and friends, it feels very energetic with maybe their son's in your first house. And if some of your Libra and friends, it feels there's like this telepathy that's going on, or maybe they can even really get under your skin, then they may have their son in your 12th house. And other things to look at is communication styles. You want to look at the mercury and that will help us understand because certain there can be someone else who's a Libra sun in your life, but depending on their Mercury, their communication style might rub you the wrong way or might be really resonant. And then our Venus can also tell us a lot about what we value in others. And so your Venus is in a very playful position with being in Pisces and the fifth house. It's very, let's go on dates. Let's have a crush. Let's do cute things. Let's express ourselves. And this is a great placement for actually being a professional artist or being an artist receiving money for your art because Venus is about love, art, and money. And it's in this very playful house in your chart, which is the fifth house. That's about literally the house of fun, the house of play, children. So you could, do you have children? Not yet. Okay. Children look like it's definitely a part of your path or at least learning from children or at the very least, just your own inner child being very alive. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. I'm definitely interested in having kids. So yeah, this is all very resonant and I love the way you disseminate the information. So this is very cool. Thank you. My pleasure. Literally my favorite thing to do. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like you were saying, everyone's saying to be yourself and we all probably have different levels of awareness of what that means, but I feel like having someone explain it and just touch things, especially when you hear them from multiple sources, when you hear, oh, you're supposed to be a teacher. And it's, I just heard that last weekend from this other source. It's coming at it from a different way, but it's giving me the same information that it adds validation to that message. And that feels good. Yeah. It's rare that a chart reading will tell you something you don't already know. Right. Because it's you. This is just you. But there are sometimes things that will surprise someone about what they're meant to do. And that's often has to do with the North Node, which is that future destiny. So another way to think of the South Node and North Node, which is one of my biggest obsessions, biggest life-changing parts in my own story was understanding this about myself. One way to think of it is that the South Node, which is talking about our past life karma and themes that we've thoroughly explored, is a side of a garden that has too much water. And the North Node is a side that doesn't have enough water. So it's Mm. not about one side being bad. It's about they'll both function better when you take some water or some energy from Mm. one one side of the polarity to the other side, and it brings the whole thing more in balance. That makes sense. Yeah, this is super cool. Is this the primary offering that you do or do you have multiple offerings in reference to astrology? Uh, Yeah, so I do the soul's map reading, which is a birth chart reading. I definitely, purpose comes up. So purpose work is 
a label that really resonates with me. And I feel that is what I do, regardless of what offering you're journeying through with me. But the soul's map reading is the birth chart reading. There's nothing basic about it, but it's if you've never had a reading, have a soul's map reading. If you've had 20 readings, you can have a soul's map reading. It's going to be what's coming through for you. So I don't see it as so much analysis. So there is a lot of knowledge in this noggin of mine around these archetypes, but it's also very much channeled. The order that I would give someone reading their placements, for example, is not set whatsoever. It's very much channeled in the moment. And then I also do the conscious creator business readings. This one is specifically for entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs, where we talk about soul stuff still comes into it, emotional things, shadow work still comes into it because that's just part of it. But that is more focused on what are you here to offer? How can you create branding and marketing that's extremely magnetic based off your own energy, your own Mm. existing transmission? What kind of client work could you be creating? So I do a lot of work with people in developing their offers through reading their astrology chart. And then I also have mentorship. So mentorships are custom containers that I create with people where we work together on developing their business, developing their offers. It's a hybrid of business strategy, mentorship, coaching, and astrology. So every session, the chart is open. We do timing for when is going to be the best time to create, uh, launch this product or start promoting this or wrap this up. So it's really fun. It's very free flowing and it's just pure spirit sessions. Yeah. It all sounds really cool. I'm especially interested in the last thing you were saying about the, I guess the business and astrology. So is that a multi-session experience? Is that one session? How does that work? The conscious creator reading is one session. And then the mentorship containers are for people that are wanting to take it deeper. So that's why I began doing mentorship. It happened very naturally because I give a lot of, I speak really fast. So it's 90 minutes of blah, 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 blah. (laughs) And then it's like, okay, bye. And the person's crying or they're like, oh my God, this makes so much sense. I know exactly what I'm going to do. And it's okay, bye. And what was happening was people were requesting more support from me and they were requesting I can tell, say everything in 90 minutes, but at the same time, we can spend a 90 minute session just talking about offers, just talking about offers that feel really aligned and to take it back to self-actualization, to be ourselves, we have to know ourselves. Mm -hmm. And when someone else is able to reflect your potential back to you, something that I see and also taking it back to transforming past trauma is we all or often many of us really underestimate what we're capable of. And that's really what I see is the biggest possible potential. And that comes from something I can share with you, with your audience, is that something that's really powerful in our chart in terms of how we help others is called our Chiron placement. So it's a wounded healer archetype with this mythology from the ancient Hellenistic mythology where Chiron is this incredible warrior. He's a centaur. Zeus makes him immortal so he can always train the warriors forever. Chiron gets injured the injury is magic. No one can heal it and he can't die. So his experience of pain is so profound that actually transforms him from a warrior to an incredible healer. So we all have a Chiron placement and it is often the thing that can trigger us the most. I actually didn't speak Dijon about your Chiron placement because it's very personal. It's and for every single one of us, it's something very personal that can be our biggest thing. The thing that really gets us down on the ground. And when we can take that and transform it into our biggest healing gift and realize this isn't something to push away or to feel ashamed about, even if other people don't seem to be triggered in the same way, it's because we all have a different Chiron placement. And when we actually bring that into our work in, into the light of consciousness, then we realize this is actually something I'm an expert at because I've spent so much time 
experiencing this pain. So for me, my wound is around hopes, dreams, and wishes. I didn't never want to have any dreams. I didn't ever want to have any hopes because I felt I wasn't someone who got to have my dreams come true. So I didn't even ever explore my potential. So that's something that I really find really empowering in astrology is our Chiron placement, because now I'm always telling people how much they're capable of. And it's true. I only read what's true, but I really see it from the lens of the greatest potential because at any moment, astrology can be the fate, but we still have to use our free will to walk on that path. So yeah, the Chiron is a very interesting thing to work with and explore in our charts. And yeah, when we bring our own journeys into our medicine, then that makes it way more potent because that's what we've actually journeyed with. It's actually what we have more experience with. We've probably actually spent 10,000 hours with whatever this topic was or whatever the theme is of our Chiron wound. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You really know your shit. I'm impressed. (laughs) Thank you very much for offering and explaining all this. And if people are interested to connect with you, to work with you, what's the best way for them to do that? So you can check out my Instagram at oath.oracle and I share a lot of stuff on there. My website is oathoracle.com. I'm very active on Instagram. So I recommend checking me out there because there's a lot of videos and content that is just always building in that platform for me. But yeah, I like to share a lot. I like to give a lot on that platform and I love to connect with people there and get feedback about how anything that I've shared has made you feel because it's really helpful. It's really great. I love connecting with people through astrology because it's, yeah, it's just been a part of my life for so long and it was very hidden and now it's very public and it just feels great (laughs) to just talk about the stars all the time and have a place in helping others navigate. So I feel like a navigator. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thank you, sister. I definitely would recommend you to anybody and I'm sure I will recommend you to people. And sometimes you see there's a lot of or all inundated with ads and stuff for different services. And it doesn't always feel people are fully realized in what they're trying to offer. But seeing as you being so fully realized in your purpose and your path, it totally makes sense that you could guide other people into that based on your own embodied experience and also your understanding of astrology. So I just want to honor you for the path you've been on and the realization that you've already embodied and are guiding other people into. Thank you so much. That means so much to me because it's just the best feeling. I know what it was like to feel lost, to have no direction, to feel like it was too late, to feel I was just unlucky or cursed and not having support. Now that created a very penetrating and deep understanding of astrology because that was my navigation system. And to now be able to offer that to others is the most fulfilling thing that I can ever think of. And I love connecting with yourself and someone who is inspired and connected to creativity and awakening genius, because I think that's really what it's about. And another thing I want to share is that my perspective or understanding of genius is spirit. So when we are able to be grounded and embodied within ourselves, when we're able to release past blocks, stored emotional trauma and things like that, we become this kind of vessel for genius. And genius is something that we get to channel in to the 3D in an embodied way. So that's what I feel is genius. Like we all have access to it and it can be awakened. It can be a channeled, it can be embodied, uh, whatever verb you want. I feel like it's there for us all to access. I a hundred percent agree. And that's almost literally my exact definition of genius. I feel like it's a frequency, like a radio station that anyone can tune into. And you're right on what you said about my self-care and ritualistic 
behaviors needing to be kept up because that's how I tune into the frequency of genius. And when you tune in, you do become a vessel. And one scientific way I've been exploring with it, I know this intuitively and I already know how to do it within myself, but have you heard of Power Versus Force, that book by David Hawkins? I have heard of it. I haven't read it yet, but I've okay. heard of it. He has several books in that series and he talks about the map of consciousness and Another one of the books is Transfiguring the Levels of Consciousness, but basically there's a map of consciousness in it and each emotion has a numerical value assigned mm -hmm. to it. So zero is death, it's like no life, and then a thousand is pure enlightenment, and then shame is 20 at the bottom, mm -hmm. and then guilt is at 30, and then apathy is at 50, and then fear is at 60, and then anger is at 70. They keep rising until you get to... 200, which is courage, which is when it crosses the threshold into being like a positive based emotion and it moves up past joy and peace and all that stuff. But I feel like genius is one of those higher frequencies that you have to create space from the trauma and the emotions that pull you down in order to vibrate at that frequency, but is something that can be taught and experienced by everyone. So just like you were saying, I guess I'm trying to dismantle the idea that some people are born unique. Everyone is unique, but I just mean everyone has the opportunity to fully express themselves in these higher states of being. Yeah, I totally agree. And yeah, I've seen the human scale of consciousness where it has the emotions and the numbers. And yeah, it's really interesting and really important for us to remember that fear and shame and guilt are some of the least powerful places we can be. And right. even anger is above that. So even anger is more energized and energetic than fear, shame, and guilt. So I think it's some um, part of this journey because we can say, just vibrate at a higher level. But when someone's deep in trauma, like that's not going to do shit for them to, <laughs> to hear that. But it's right. when we realize that these little subtle shifts from like fear and guilt and recognizing what default undercurrent is. And this was me. I was so in a default undercurrent of fear and anxiety. And when we recognize that's not a powerful place to be in, how can I just shift to the next one? Anger, getting pissed off about things that can actually be something that can create more change and transformation than staying in a space of fear and guilt. So for people that are wanting to shift or wanting to experience transformation, a great first step would be to recognize when you're in fear, guilt, shame, because pretty much every block just leads back to that, regardless right. of who you are, your place in life, your experiences. It's like shame is probably the source of the block, whatever it is. Right on. I think it's connected to our sense of belonging when we became, started to become more tribal beings. Because if you do something that's shame, that's basically akin to being death because you're ostracized from the group. So yeah. It feels like life or death because that's what it was for our nervous systems for a long time. And our nervous systems haven't caught up to our current level of comfort and the long lifespans. Exactly. That was so powerful. Thank you so much. Once again, if y'all want to connect with her, it's oath.oracle on Instagram and oathoracle.com. It was a Thank pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you Thank so much you. for having me, Dijon. This was so fun. Just great chatting with you. And I'm glad we got to connect today. All right. Much love. Take care. I hope you enjoyed that episode of Awakening Genius and that you feel closer to embodying your full creative expression. If you like what we're doing here, leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Connect with us on social media at Awakening Genius. 
And if you want to go deeper into anything we talked about on this episode, you can go to awakeninggenius.club. This is Dijon. Much love. Peace. Thank you.